full of amazing stories, and the purpose of this podcast is to collect those stories from the people that live them. Where We Landed is a podcast that recognizes our whole story told by the individuals that live and love this small Indiana county. Hello, and welcome to Where We Landed, a podcast that tells the stories of folks that live and love our little county here, Grant County, um, and we are so excited to be back in studio. We're always excited to be in studio, I think, right? Always excited? Always. Yes, always excited. Um, I am Iris Brunner, and I am happy to welcome, on my right, Miss Kylie Jackson. Hey, everybody. And on my left, Mr. Scott Miller. Hello, hello. And Kylie, I think, is going to take over our little fun, fun opener. Yeah. So excited uh, to have our guest with us today and hear her story. But uh, before that, we're going to get to know each other a little better. Um, these have been kind of uh, contentious the last couple of weeks. I feel like I've learned some things about you guys that um, I'm, I'm not that thrilled about. <laughs> but um, I guess that's what what you it's what you've got to do, I guess. We, so I asked the question. We love everyone fully. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> let's see. Um, let's see what damage we can do today. <laughs> said, yeah, right. <laughs> All right. So <clears throat> would you rather have an alarm clock that gives you a mild yet jolting electric shock or one that completely drenches you with ice cold water? Oh. Disregard cleanup issues. <laughs> Iris. Uh, I'll take the water. I don't know. (laughs) There's never a good choice, is there? No, there's not. So the water. Shocked or ice cold? I think I would still rather. I'll take the shock. I I hate Mm. cold water. Okay. All right, Amy. I would definitely take the ice cold water. Yeah. Yeah, that would wake me up better. I'm with you. I mean, I've I see all these things about like the the health benefits of. Like a ice quick bath. Ice, ice bath yeah. and really get you get your day started. I actually might, you know, I might consider this. It's refreshing, I, right? I don't know why I went to the op, uh, the office episode <laughs> where he tries to make bacon uh-huh. on the George Foreman. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and he steps on it. Yeah. <laughs> okay, sorry. <laughs> so, a quick question for those who are Grant County people. So, I know that there is the Splash Park pool. Is there another public pool? in Grant County, like where they give lifeguard lessons or anything like that. We've got the YMCA indoor pool, but is there another outdoor pool where they do that? Gas City. Mm -hmm. Is there one in Gas City? Yes. Okay. So when I was a kid, this was the reason why I hate cold water. (laughs) I, at five years old, my mom would take me to the outdoor swim pool to get license or lessons at eight in the morning. Um, and it was so cold out that I would stand on the side and just ball um, and hold onto the side of the pool because I was so cold. My lips would turn purple. It was that cold out. So I hate cold water. I'll right. take the shock. Yeah, don't do that to Leo. <laughs> yeah, <I know. laughs> yeah, yeah, don't do that to him. <laughs> We're giving him lessons in a jacuzzi. Okay. So. <laughs> okay, next. Would you rather eat a cup of mayonnaise... Or a cup of horse horseradish. Ooh. <laughs> I'll go first. I actually would do both. I would like both really? of those things a lot. A lot. So I like Miracle Whip. Oh, God. <laughs> I could eat Miracle Whip all day long. <laughs> but not mayonnaise. So, or in horseradish, you know, 
um, what is it in downtown Indy where you dip your shrimp? St. Elmo's. St. Elmo's, yeah. yeah. So I can do shrimp on, on horseradish, but that's about it. I mean, I Miracle like both of them, whip. but I just don't know that I like a cup of either of them. Uh-uh. Mm. But Miracle Whip, I could eat Can you mix them all. together? Yeah. Right. Creamy you, horsey horseradish. sauce? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh. Speaking of horsey sauce, recently discovered, thanks to Megan Mathias, Folkies makes their own horsey sauce, and it's delicious. Oh, okay. So. And horsey sauce is mayonnaise and horseradish brought together? I've kind of always thought that's what it was. I don't know that for a fact. Iris is Googling. I'll look it up. I believe it is. Oh. I mean, it's the, it's a mayonnaise consistency with a horseradish taste. <laughs> I make I make my own. And I mix mayonnaise and horseradish. And we put it on prime rib at Christmas. Perfect. Any other ingredients? Just those that's two? That's it. All right. Well, so there you have it. Okay. I'm glad we sorted that. <laughs> Did everyone answer that question? Yeah. I, I, I like to mix it, but I could eat either one because I, I like both. Okay. The worldwide interweb does confirm that mayonnaise and horsey, horseradish makes horsey sauce. Oh my gosh. I'm done. <laughs> okay. Anymore. All right. All right. Let's do one. Let's do one more quick. Would you rather before we get started? <clears throat> would you rather I just said ask this one because I just think it's funny to think about the picture would you rather have eyebrows that make a complete circle around your face or flat eyelashes that stick out 10 inches and cannot be trimmed I feel like the 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 eyelashes that's like a beauty trend these right, days right, right? I, I feel like people pay money for those <laughs> right you could get those shut in the door though that's 10 <laughs> inches in front of you <laughs> That's a a hazard. Yeah, I'd take the... 10 feet, though, right? Yeah, 10 inches. Oh, 10 inches, okay. I'd take the eyebrow. Yeah? You'd call me brow. (laughs) Oh, instead of bruh, it's brow. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You can call me brow. Yeah, I'll do the eyelashes. Yeah? Yeah. It's like a whole tube of mascara every day. I, I guess I'd take the eyelashes, but I did see a funny meme one time that said... No guy ever said, "I that girl would be hot if her eyelashes were just a little bit longer." <laughs> yes, I've seen that. Well, can you imagine the sunglasses that they'd have to make for you because you'd be ten inches out? I mean, it'd be it'd be brutal. That's, that's true. These are the things you have to consider. Wow, we're like really extra today. We're right? yeah, we're going really yeah. deep, and we, yeah. this has gone on way okay. too long. All right, so let's, let's, let's over to Scott. We have uh, an awesome guest today. The first. Guinness world record holder that we've hosted. Um, but Amy Pearson, Amy is the owner of Mama Pearson Soporium um, over in Gas City and uh, an awesome shop. If, if those of you who are looking for any gift ideas or just looking for uh, soap supplies or anything else that, that, uh, that they offer over there. And I'll let her share a little bit more about her shop. But Amy, welcome to the show. Really good to have you here today. Thank you very much for having me. I'm pleased to be here. Welcome. 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 We, we usually start with the how'd you get here and, and not how'd you get to the podcast, but how did you actually get to Grant County? And would love to hear your story. So feel free to share um, okay. as much or as little of that, and then we'll begin to riff off of your All righty. <laughs> well, I was not born in Grant County, but my parents met and fell in love in Grant County, and they are both born and raised in Grant County. It just so happened a couple years before I was born, they moved to Indianapolis. They had <clears throat> big city dreams. So I was born in Indianapolis. I wasn't really ever supposed to be born. 
because my dad did not want children. He just wanted to be he and my mother. And my mother wanted children so badly, so she started flushing her birth control pills down the toilet. <laughs> Thanks, Mom. Yeah. So this is a story that I was told. And, and one day my mother found out she was pregnant because it works. <laughs> and my dad didn't speak to her for like three months. Oh, they still yeah. lived together, but he would not speak to her. So she was just devastated. But anyway, he came around <laughs> and I was born nine months later and the instant my father saw me at the hospital, he said, he looked at my mother and he he held me, he fell in love. And he said, when, we, we're going to have another one. We're, when are we going to do another one? And my mother's like, uh, you hold on a bit. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, I it was about 21 months old and my brother was on the way due in a couple of months. They were still in Indianapolis, but they had purchased a home since they had a small toddler and my brother was on the way. They felt like they would like to come home and be with family and grandparents. And it's a little, it's a handful to have all those kids. So they, my dad bought a home, got a job at Chrysler, and we moved back to Marion. And that's how I got to Marion, which, you know, I was supposed to be a, an indie girl, but that didn't happen. So I was born and raised, or born in Indianapolis, but I was raised in Marion. Um, stayed there till I was 20 some years old. Awesome. Went to Marion High School, did not graduate from Marion, graduated from Oak Hill, went there my junior year. We, I was met with a little bit of adversity in my young childhood life. My mother, she got cancer when I was eight. She had breast cancer. And our, we, our, our family lost her when I was 10. So that was a difficult loss for our family. And I kind of became the mother nurturer, the bossy older sister and <laughs> kind of helped raise my brother and I. We kind of raised ourselves. I believe that during that time of my life, I learned to be very independent. I learned to be innovative. I, I got a lot of ideas and how to get through life. So that was a, a hard time in my life, but also part of who I am yeah. and who, what makes me up. Um, so go to high school at Oak Hill. Um, what happened after high school? What, what did you decide to do post high school? And then how did you ultimately get into a soap business? I think it's fascinating. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, uh, high school, um, I, I got out of high school and I was just ready to go. I was ready to go out to the world and make some money, get my own apartment. I, I did not go to college. It was not in the cards for me. Not that I didn't really want to, but just because of the life that I, I was in, I ended up having my brother move in with me He before he went off to the service for his senior year of high school. And I went to work at Bradford Plumbing and Heating. Mm -hmm. I was the front. I, actually, I went to work at Services for the Visually and Hearing Impaired. Mm -hmm. And I, uh, I learned a lot there. Um, was a receptionist and a... Um, uh, like an eye optical assistant is what you call it. You know, mm -hmm. gave people your glaucoma, puff in the eye and all that. Mm -hmm. But I you ended up a lot getting, of friends with that test. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, in the 90s, which was when I was in my 20s, uh, I, I landed a good job at, at Bradford Plumbing and Heating. I learned so much there. I was there for 11 years. Uh, I had benefits. It was a good job. It was back when building was booming back in the 90s and uh there were 
lots of government housing going up and uh, lots of ordat builders was really building a lot all you know and so we were very busy it's not times like today so that that's what i did in my my 20s and i ended up leaving brad for plumbing and heating and i worked at beatniks cafe that's, that's where i yeah, met you yeah, yeah and it was the best job ever mm-hmm. i it was just it was so much fun this was the original beatniks mm-hmm. and that's where i met my husband and the you know saw my future but one thing that I always wanted more than anything in life was not to go to college and not to be a successful business owner. I just wanted to be a mother. Yeah. I wanted to be a wife and a mother, a good yeah. wife and a good mother. And now you've got three kiddos. Is that I, right? Yes, I have three kids, three boys. Okay. <laughs> and they range in age, I think you were saying 15 down to 10? Yes. Okay. So walk us through then the the soap business. And how'd you get into the soap business? Well, so when we, when, when I, my first son was born, he, when he was about 10 months old, my husband got a job offer and it was in Warsaw. He was actually working for Miller Coors Distribution. And so we ended up in Warsaw and in Warsaw, I decided, you know, I had one child and then we were trying to have another child and I got a job at South Shore Golf Course, but I could take my my son, my baby, and it was it was nice. I did, you know, financial type work, payroll and the books and paid the bills and things like that. It was just a small part-time job, but it was hard for me to give up my full-time employment and my oh, the feeling of contributing to the family income was very important to me. It's, it's always been very important. I didn't want to just, if I wanted a new pair of shoes, I didn't want to go to husband and say, I, I really would like these shoes. Can I have some money? <laughs> That's not my style. So I decided to spring up some business out of my home. And it was, I can plant a garden. I love planting a garden. I can sell heirloom vegetables. Oh, I can plant these seeds and sell 300 heirloom plants, rare tomato plants, you know, at the market. Uh, I can go in my basement and make tie-dye t-shirts and I can make them really cool and I can sell those at the market. And my second son was born during all of this business popping up out of my home. And he actually had a very weird sensitive skin issue when he was born, rash all over his body. So the doctor said, no lotion, no soap, just water. No, don't clean. I'm like, you can't clean a baby with water. Well, yes, you can. You can clean a baby with water. He's going to be fine. We just need to let his skin settle down and you just need to not use any product on him. So that led me to, uh, to research every single ingredient in every product. I, you know, I never made soap before, but I went to the store and tried to find something that didn't have a scary chemical in it. And this was before the days of YouTube University, you know, where you can learn how to do anything on YouTube. It, it was 12 years ago. You d- couldn't, you couldn't learn things on YouTube. Mm. It just wasn't a thing. So I, I just, before I decided to introduce soap back into his skincare routine, I, I just, I was telling Pat, my husband, and his name is Pat, I, you know, I just don't know what to do. This chemical, this chemical, it's all scary. Mm. And he said, you're just going to have to make your own soap. And I said, I can't make soap. How do you do that? And he goes, you can make soap. And so I decided to go to the library and I checked out every single book on soap making. And there were probably 12. 
really. <laughs> and I read them all. And it, I mean, it was like a six month period. I kept renewing the books and, <laughs> and we were kind of poor, you know, we didn't have a lot of money. I, I was working very part time and Pat was out there busting his butt being a beer salesman, you know, yeah. and I never went to the store. I didn't trust myself enough to go to the store and buy a gallon of olive oil and the sodium hydroxide, which is lye, <laughs> to make the soap. Those are the ingredients I needed. And I was just kind of a little scared, too, because lye is a chemical. Mm -hmm. So, I, you know, I just didn't have the quite the guts. And Pat's like, when are you going to really make soap? And he just one day he sacrificed the $40 or whatever it was to buy the ingredients. And he came home with them and he goes, today we're making soap. I'm like, oh my gosh, we're making soap. You know, it's kind of scary. <laughs> a little known fact is I did not make that first batch of soap. It was Pat. Oh. So it, we, he made it and I watched him and I was like, it's not that scary, you know? And then I was like, after the first batch, I said, get out of the way, get out of my soap kitchen. <laughs> I, I got this. <laughs> yep. I was like, I, and I went crazy. I just went, I went that winter, Truman, that's my second son. He was born in August, August 1st. And that winter, I just filled the whole house with soap because I kept making it and making it. And I'd take the pictures and the books off the bookshelves and I'd cure the soap. And he's like, what are you going to do with all this soap? <laughs> kind of like shoes, you know, what are you going to do with all those shoes? <laughs> right. I'm like, I need them. I just, yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to look them. at them. Yeah. <laughs> so I, it ended up in the spring. I, that's something that I added to my repertoire of my, my market goods, you know, my plants. I used to paint on wine bottles and put flowers in them. And we had a lot of things. It was back then. The first name of the business was called Mama Pearson's Mercantile. Huh. And I made lots of different things. So soap was added with hope that, one, I could get rid of some of this soap <laughs> and also recoup some money that I spent. And, and it just took off because it wasn't just me looking for something natural for their family. Mm. This was back in 2009, 2010, 2011. It wasn't just me. It was lots of people. Mm. We were all looking at ingredients. We were all becoming more aware of what ingredients are really necessary and what can we eliminate. And so that just launched my business in Warsaw. And I actually got quite a few customer base. <gasps> Um, we did that for two years in Warsaw. Um, and then moved it to, to Gas City when? We, so in 2000, uh, 2011, September, we moved back. And <clears throat> it was a hard decision for me. We, my, my husband and I really talked about, you know, I was so excited about, you know, this market business. And I was actually served on the board of directors of the market and I was really involved. I just got really involved in the community. So it was hard for me to move back here. And in 2011, Marion was kind of in a downward slump. And I'm not the first one to say that. We can look back and say it was that time of for the whole nation, really. And it was scary. I came from Warsaw, where that's the, you know, plastic knee manufacturing capital of the world or something. You know, they, they do have a lot of plants. There's a lot of money up there. And I thought, well, my product, you know, my soap is back then it was $5 a bar. No one's going to pay $5 for a bar of soap. You know, I thought, thought crossed my mind. And I, but when we came back, I decided to keep going. We, we decided that we were going to uh, keep going and try to sell it at a market. So is that, um, would that be when 
I don't remember what the name open of the air market. Open air yes. market. I was like, I don't remember the name of it, but right. like, I do remember. Well, it, yeah. So open air that came about in 2012. So we moved back in September 2011. There was no place for me to sell my soap. You know, I lost this wonderful farmers market in Warsaw, and I thought, well, I got to find some place to sell my soap. You know, I, I've got to keep going. I just know I just had a feeling that Marion could love it too, and that's when we I I. Got together with some people. There was a gal that lived um, back in Marion back then that was heavily involved with Main Street Marion. And I got involved with Main Street Marion. And they had this idea for an arts market. And there was just really no one to run it. They wanted to do it once a month. And and I was like, no. It, they, they came to me. And Dave Homer, he was another person that came to me and said, you would be great for this. My, you know, my husband and Dave had been friends for a long time because they played in the posse together. But that's another story. <laughs> um, but so Dave just recognized that I would be probably a good person for that with my experience in the farmer's market. And so I said, well, we're going to turn it into a farmer's market. We're not going to just have arts, but all of it. We're going to have all of it. And we're going to do it once a week. We're going to do it on Saturday mornings. And it's a place for me to sell my soap. You know, I'm thinking that in my background. So I was driven to run the Marion Open Air Market and launch it off the ground my love of everything handmade and handcrafted. I mean, I have a passion, a serious passion for something that somebody makes themselves. I come from a family of entrepreneurs, actually a background on both sides of my family. But I, there's something inside of me just drove me to make that market successful. And it was for many years. I mean, we had a lot of good vendors mm. and a few different businesses popped up from that market too. Yeah. So that's how it kind of got me to Grant County and got my business started. Two years in 2013 was when I opened my first store in Gas City. The reason that I opened in Gas City was my mother-in-law and father-in-law, Bruce Jones and Gina Jones, they owned Bloons Flowers and Gifts in Gas City. And my, my father-in-law, he had a business called Jones Concrete, but he was phasing out. He was getting ready to retire. And he had this little office space in the back. It was like 16 by 16. And <laughs> They just made my whole world and my whole day one day when they said, would you like to put a soap shop? You can sell your soaps in that, that little spot. You can paint it however you want. You can make it yours. And Kylie, you've probably been in that orange soap shop. I remember, yeah, I remember it. It's about half the size of the room we're sitting in right yeah. now. It was very small, but I put a lot of stuff in there and yeah. we painted it bright orange and neon green. And I wanted people just to come in and say wow this is different you, you walked know? in and the smell hit you i yeah. mean it's like the, like the shop now but yeah. it's, it's such a it was such a little room and it was like you open the door and it was like whoa yeah the and color and the smell and it, it was just they gave me that start you know and i also i didn't get a loan or anything but i i told my dad he was so supportive of me of uh, supportive of me and anything that i did but I needed some money because, you know, we were still pretty poor. You know, we still were, you know, I was making a little more at the markets, but I didn't have $1,200 to go buy a lot of supplies to turn it into soap. But I knew I was going to sell the soap. But my dad said, do you need any money? And I never said, yes, dad, I need money. But this time I said, dad, I could use about $1,200. I think that I could take $1,200 and launch this business. So with the help of my father-in-law, Bruce, and my mother-in-law, Gina, and my father, Roger, the Mama Pearson's brick and mortar was born November 1st, 2013, and I made enough money to pay my dad back by 
January 1st. And he said, well, you didn't have to pay me back that fast. <laughs> I was like, dad, I, I paid you back. I wanted to pay you back and yeah. I was going to. And he's like, well, I just figured it'd be an investment. <laughs> it's like, no, I'm paying you back. So that was that was the only loan that we ever took out. And yeah. the business grew very organically. Where We Landed is sponsored today by KB Computers, located in the Boston Hill Center in Marion. When you find yourself in need of computer repair, web services, or business IT, KB Computers is able to help. You will work directly with the local team that can meet your needs with amazing customer service. Open Monday through Thursday, 9 to 5.30, and Friday from 9 to 5, the KB computer team is ready to help. Just give them a call at 765-668-7700 or reach them via Facebook at facebook.com slash KB Computers, Inc. Thank you to KB Computers for sponsoring today's podcast. Walk us through, like, <clears throat> I'm always fascinated by unique things and and having a Guinness World Record, that's a pretty cool thing. I, I, so while you're getting ready to tell that story, as a little kid, I used to do every, we would track and and score like how quick it took us to ride our bike around the neighborhood <laughs> and thinking that that was going to be the new Guinness World Record. And, uh, Did you I see think, how fast uh, I went? Yeah. 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 So I, it's something that I've always been fascinated by. So tell us the story about how you got to into Guinness. Okay, well... Every year, at the end of the year, I take some time to reflect. And I've been like this for, for quite a while, you know, pretty much ever start ever since I started my business or just I give myself goals every year and whatever it may be to beat this sales record or this sales day or that particular year. I, you know, I start thinking about these things probably in August, what I'm going to do, you know, if it's two goals, if it's one goal, the mural was another one, but that year it was, I, I want to be, I want to hold a Guinness, Guinness World Record. And I thought, well, what am I good at? Well, I'm good at making bath bombs and not everybody is good at that. In, in fact, in my industry, a lot of people give up. They don't go forward and it's very frustrating. You know, we formulated our own, I, I formulated my own bath bomb recipe or formula. It's not really a recipe, it's a formula, but I I that's from scratch. That's from trial and error. I mean, it took me six months, eight months to formulate this perfect bath bomb formula. But so I, I decided I'm going to start looking into what it would take to get a world record. So you get on Guinness World Records site and first you have to search their site to see if someone holds the rec holds a record already. Is there a record? And then you, you file, it's $5, you file and they search and then they tell you a few weeks later or something that there is no record, but you have to make a bath bomb. I think they said I had to make one for 45 pounds to set the record. And then they gave me a long list of things to do. Like we had to videotape it from front to back, no, uncut and upload it to their site, which took 16 hours. Uh, we had to have a photographer photo photograph photograph every phase of the making and also i had to caption 700 photos and submit them to their site we had to have uh several volunteers we had to have witnesses the official witnesses uh we had to have a scale that weighed in kilograms because you know uh guinness is from england or somewhere around there <laughs> but it had to be a scale that did both and it had to go from the 
the 10th, the 16th pound or something crazy like that. But the scale cost us like $500 to rent for one day. Oh, goodness. And then, so we, we did a prototype bath bomb. You know, I used so much shea butter and so much baking soda <laughs> and citric acid. Um, but that was one of the goals. And also, my kids are way into Dude Perfect. I mean, who doesn't know who Dude Perfect <laughs> is? And they're always watching. They're doing all this Guinness World Record stuff all the time. And so I also wanted to impress my kids. I wanted to make an impact on their childhood. I wanted them to go through something and witness something that mom said she's going to set a world record and mom did. So that was like, like my crowning glory. That was like (laughs) one of the proudest moments of my life. And they were all involved in it. We had press passes and we hit national news and it was, it was in LA on the five o'clock news. My brother, he lives in Oklahoma and he was watching the five o'clock news and he's like, mama, they're talking about my sister, you know, and it was the video of the bath bomb and going in the pool because we had to put that bath bomb right into the pool to prove that it works. We had set up a pool in our side yard and the whole community was there. And and the, we did a fundraiser for the Mississippi band students. They made hot dogs and mm-hmm. they made, raised some money. And, you know, that just all the kids got in the pool and that's on the news coverage. It was, it was just a, like the, one of the best days of my life. Mm-hmm. Masking for Scott. Yeah, it was the water in the pool warm or cold? <laughs> it was freezing. And let me tell you, when you put a 200 pound bath bomb in a 12 foot kiddie pool, it was like a 12 foot Intex pool. <laughs> citric acid and baking soda create like CO2 gas. And guess what? That's really cold. And a 200 pound bath bomb, the kids got in and they were like, it's so cold. It's burning. You know, because it was so cold. Scott could probably get flashbacks from yeah. this. But and then the shea butter, you know, we put shea butter in our bath bombs. So that's what makes your skin so soft. If you've ever used one, it's like you get out and you feel like you've bathed. My husband says you've bathed in a vat of lotion. <laughs> you know, that's he takes more bath bomb baths than I do. But. We're gonna but, share but, that with his wrestling team. Where, yeah. So where do you source all of the all of your materials? I mean, it's not like there's a. A bath bomb store right across the street that's selling what you need to make them we do our best to source usa made and as locally as possible so like the citric acid that we use in our bath bombs it's owens illinois that's out of illinois but we you know that's the manufacturer we buy from a distributor in in uh, we buy a pallet of citric acid at a time and that is from uh, chemical services in fort wayne I'm really proud of, we also get our baking soda there. We use a lot of both of those ingredients. I'm really proud of sourcing all of my soap colors and a lot of our fragrances from a woman-owned Indiana company called Nurture Soap. Mm-hmm. And you find a lot of these places on the on the internet. You know, I go to soap conferences to keep up my skills and learn new things. And I know a lot of people in the industry behind the scenes. And when you go to those type of things, as all of you probably do, you meet like-minded people in your industry and vendors are there and they're like, use our products, you know? So I find out a lot that way. And just, I keep, I just really keep up to date on what's current. And I'm always like trying to push myself to come up with the next current thing Mm -hmm. myself, you know, what is the hot thing now? And, you know, before anyone else does, that's like the way I am. As you're thinking about the hol- so I think the holidays are your hot selling season. Is that correct? Is yes. Like sometime between 
uh, Halloween and the end of the year. That's kind of your big season. Yes, we and I actually start preparing for that in July. Yeah. Is there anything that you've begun to develop for this year that you'd say this is going to be the hot product for 2022? Or is it something that you're still in, in the search process for? Uh, well, I've been right lately. I've really been I acquired a candle making. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've really been into candle making and, you know, I make candles with that. I have this mold that looks like popcorn and you put caramel drizzle on it and make it smell like caramel popcorn. Just for instance, well, I have this thing that I, I, I you know, I'll, I ordered a lot of molds, silicone molds. And, you know, th- I ordered some and then I ordered some more and then I ordered some more like three different orders and Pat he opened the box that came in yesterday and there's like 12 molds in there and he's like my goodness you know what what are you doing you know so I I'm kind of into that right now you know but so Amy I think um maybe before I even used your soap the thing that um maybe drew and I'm this might happen with a lot of customers. It's just the way it looks. I mean, some of it looks so good you could eat it. Yeah. Um, how? And I know that there's probably molds involved with all that. But it's so artistic. Do you have um, a background in that, or is that all just stuff you've learned as you as you learned how to do soap? Well, thanks, Kelly. Um, I think that just comes out of me. I, I and I make plain basic soap too you know, practical soap, but I can't help myself, but come out with all these, I want to put it, make it like icing. And we, when we first moved back to Marion, um, we put our soap in DNL health foods. I don't you remember that yeah. place. Mm-hmm. And then we put some, sand, it was lavender honey soap. And, and the guy that old guy that ran the shop said me, and I had to take those samples out of here. And I'm like, why did you do that? Because people were trying to eat them, <laughs> you know. So, and then we set up at the Kosciuszko, or not, not Kosciuszko, the Greentown Fair, Howard County Fair every year. We've been doing it for eight years and Ledbetter's Fudge. We're friends with them and they're always in the building and we're out in the Pioneer Village. But he's always got, I got, I got all kinds of people thinking that my soap, my fudge is soap. Because <laughs> you, you know. So it just comes out of me. I just... I think I've done every design under the sun and it, behind the scenes in my industry, you know, we all have groups on Facebook and whatever, and there's a soap challenge this month or that, that month. And it's to do this design and every design that you see in soap has a name for the technique. And it also has a special tool to use with a name that create that design, you know? So I, there's a lot behind it. It's not, there's a lot of thought behind it. Yeah, I am um, actually something popped up on my TikTok a couple weeks ago and it was the uh, someone making soap and I was like, oh, well, Amy's is way, way better, better than yes, that. Yes, thank you. But it gave me a new appreciation for the whole process about like, you know, you have to let this layer dry to be able to pour onto it. And then they were, you know, putting little fruit in it. Like, yeah, it very cool. I've done and there's a, there's actually on my YouTube channel, Mama Pearson's Soporium, you can watch me make the scream soap mm, yes. and you might have remember the scream yeah. soap but i made the scream in a mold with 16 bars and i had to break down well, my my son gave me this challenge and he was 10 at the time or maybe younger than that and he goes i just want you to make a scream soap and i'm like <laughs> how am i gonna do that you know <laughs> like the painting but with the yes the, yeah. yeah but it, as with anything with my kids if they give me a challenge if i can do it i am going to make it happen you know i do not want to tell them that i can't do something yeah and i did i broke it down and i used like 
ketchup squirt bottles to paint the soap <laughs> in and a chopstick to, you know, make the faces. And I, I did it. So yeah, very cool. Well, I'm definitely uh, feeling way um, uh, inspired. Like it feels more like science than just soap making, right? Like I think, oh, she makes soap. And, and I mean, I, I think you said it earlier when you you said it's a formula, like not in or not ingredients or or you, you definitely use terms that were more scientific. So there's definitely some science behind all of this. And so. Yeah, I mean, is that what you were more interested in, like in school growing up? Did you feel yes. like, okay. I, I was always interest, interested in science, not so much math. So yeah. I do rely on my calculator <laughs> to make my formulations. Yeah. I don't trust myself there, but science, and I do love the process that out of all the products we make, I mean, we make lotion, we make bath bombs, we make, you know, lip bombs, we make all kinds of things, but my favorite favorite thing to make is soap and that's where it all started for us was soap and I just I sometimes I just can't stop myself I just make all <laughs> kinds and you come in the store and there's 150 selections and I keep saying every year I'm gonna pair I'm, I'm scaling down I'm scaling down and my, my husband just kind of rolls his eyes and chuckles you know because he knows that's not true so um I think the definitive question is what's your favorite my favorite soap yeah pink Himalayan salt Oh, that was came really quickly. I thought thought we might get a wishy washy. Yeah, no pun intended. I'm one of those people. I, I'm <laughs> wait, that wait. person that. <laughs> I'm the person that finds their favorite. Now, I I have two. I like Soaptopia, uh, and I like all the salt bars, Dead Sea Salt. But I will take home all these years that I've been making soap. I take home the same kind every time. You know, it's uh, if I don't have pink salt soap, it's it's lemongrass and eucalyptus. I just like that. That appeals to me, and and I just love it. And that's what I take Thanks. home. Well, well, the favorites in our house, uh, my husband's favorite is man soap. So we always have that one. Um, smells good. Uh, my daughter picks different ones every time, but I think her current favorite, we just talked about it this morning. Uh, we have some guests coming to stay with us. And, you know, I was getting on her, I was like, the bathroom cleaned up. She's like, yeah. I was like, you know, asking, is there soap in there? And she's like, yeah. She's like, I hope they like fruity pebbles. <laughs> That's what we had in there for them. And I was like, well, they'll, they'll use it. They'll like it. <laughs> that, that's a, that one's a popular one. Yeah. We sell a lot of that. Yeah. I know that um, my mom is listening to this episode because she listens every week. Hi, so, Martha. and you might have a better idea of what she gets because she, I, she gets a lot of soap. I know her favorite. Oh, or the one of the family favorites. That's dragon's blood, and your mother also likes uh, anything with rosemary, uh, a sandalwood. Your mother loves sandalwood. Yeah, sandalwood. Your mother has actually made soap with me before oh. during the Green Eggs and Jams podcast. <laughs> Way back when. <laughs> nice. Well, I remember. I think maybe one of the first family favorites was Dirty Hippie. Yeah, and I still get it from time to time, and it reminds me of. <laughs> being at their house patchouli yeah exactly and your dad he likes golden boy beard balm he, that's sandalwood <laughs> and vanilla <laughs> that's pretty amazing did we just well, get a nickname it, for him golden boy yeah <laughs> but it's kind of like um you know I, I bartended for a while or like baristas like you know people by their yeah. by their drink their order. order like you know people by their their soap scent that's why i know that i was meant to do what i'm doing because <laughs> i just love people and i i love taking care of people and that goes back to me losing my mother at an early age and learning to nurture and 
and giving, you know, filling that void in my life when I lost mm-hmm. my mother, of the love of your mother, that's nothing compares to that really. Right. And you just have to either become mother or fill mm-hmm. that void with love from others. And I think that's, that's part of the reason that I, I just love taking care of people. So I know I was meant to be a business owner and also make things that help you take care of yourself. So I, yeah. I'm just doing the right thing. There's a, a book called The Five Love Languages. And, and so I, I, don't, I couldn't probably list all five of them, but I know one of them is gift giving or gift receiving. And you are kind enough today to bring us in samples of some of your different soap products. And so we you like hit my gifts. love language today. So, yeah. so thank you so much. So you're, you do have that gift. And I could just tell even when you walked in the room, you, you have the gift of empathy and you can feel for people. And, and so, so I, I, I love what you're doing in our community. What what's your favorite thing about being in Grant County? Well, I I could say lots of things, but I love that family is here. My my husband's family is here. I love I love the community and the tight knit feeling of Grant County. Um, I just I love being a part of the community. You know, we we live in we live in Marion we kind of live outside of the outskirts in the golf edition out by the airport. So, but so we don't live in gas city and we really don't live in Marion, but we really put our roots down in gas city. Our kids go to school at Mrs. Sinowal. We get heavily involved in the community. And so does my husband. He's the wrestling coach at Mrs. Sinowal. He just was the president, outgoing president of the gas city chamber. Uh, we both, and I, and I actually serve on the board of uh, main street gas city. I'm, the director there or the president and we just love being in our community and just being a part. And we, if if I had a word for my husband and I of what we like to do and bring to the community, I think that we should be the fun police (laughs) because we like to bring the fun and we're always thinking of fun things and what can we do to make it fun and make it a good place for kids to grow up and, and just bring everyone else on board and get that energy and vibe too. Amy, I know that um, I had this conversation with Pat uh, during the pandemic. You guys were um, were doing your part to support local businesses during that time when there was a lot of, you know, porch pickup and porch delivery. And I know you guys were doing some of that at the the shop. But what are some of your favorite places, favorite restaurants if somebody's visiting? What are the places you have to take them? Uh, yeah. So we always tell people when they come in and we have a lot of out of town shoppers mm. and we, a few places that we say, uh, you have to either try a, a rocks tenderloin from the poor house mm. you have to, or a trash plate, you know, if you like <laughs> fried foods, then that is your place to go. Mm. And we also highly recommend pains because it's right there in gas city too. Mm. Uh, we, we, we've just acquired a new brewery in gas city, the gas mm-hmm. city brewery. And I always tell people to go there. And actually I had a meeting there like last Friday for main street gas city. And I had just had customers in from out of town and I said, you need to go to the brewery. And then I saw them there. I was like, yes, <laughs> yes. And, and Ivanhoe's too. Yeah. Ivanhoe's is a great place to recommend. So, mm-hmm. you know, there's probably others, but those are my main four that are sticking out in my head. Yeah. Great. Earlier, you said something about um, fun, and it sparked what you said earlier about the mural too. I think um, we can't we can't let this time go by without you at least sharing that story with us. I mean, clearly, vibrant, fun colors is definitely something. But I'd really love to hear the story um, about how that came to fruition. Yeah. So 
that's something that I always, that always dreamed. That was another dream that I had, like the Guinness World Record accomplishment, a goal of mine when we bought that building. We bought the building in 2000, 2018. And we, I said, I want to put a mural on the side of this building. And I thought, well, it's going to happen, you know? And so we, there were, there was some talks of Taylor University had gotten a grant. This was probably in 2019. They had gotten a grant. It might have been 2018, and they were going to paint a mural on a different building, but it just didn't work out with the building owner and the insurance that would have, you know, there, there was kind of like a, there was some kind of something, an issue that didn't work out putting on that building. So the, the whole mural idea was shelved. But the professors at Taylor really wanted to use this grant and get their students a chance to paint a mural. So I was given this name by by Dennis Banks and it was a professor at Taylor University and he said they here's here's the they still want to do this just get a contact I know you're already trying to get a mural and you know we needed first if you're going to do a mural you have to find a, an artist you have to find someone that I'm not going to just Pat did try to draw up some ideas of things that he wanted and and whatnot um, but he we just, you know, we needed somebody. So we got a hold of them. They got a hold of us. And we had a meeting with the professors and the students. There, It was all their uh, final for their art. It was, they were all seniors. And they all talked to us, got an inspiration for, from us, uh, the history of Gas City, the history of our business, what it is. And if you look at the mural, you'll see carrots on there. You're like, why are carrots on there? You know, and there's an old car and there's an oil derrick and there's lots and lots of swirly colors. That's because the, the students heard me say, I put carrots in my soap. You know, I use tomatoes in my soap. I use vegetables and it started from a garden and they got all this story that kind of what I told you guys today. So that's all in there. And then when you walk in our shop, it's like colors everywhere. And mm -hmm. we kind of wanted to be that to draw people in too. But they had a grant for the labor and then we paid for everything else. But it all happened in 2020 as well. And so that was like put on hold for six six months. And we didn't think it was going to happen. But the kids came back. They all went home. You know, school got canceled. They all went home. But they got permission to come back in 2020 in June for two weeks. And they opened up summer housing for these students. And it happened in two weeks. So that 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 was a dream of mine and i'm so happy to have that mural and it was one of the best decisions we ever made for our business regardless of what it cost yeah very cool that's awesome that's really awesome i um one of the things we usually talk about too is you know please share um with our listeners anything that you're reading or that you're listening to or what you consume maybe that you know maybe not business related could just be for fun could be your your self-care have any cool well, uh, I'm I'm kind of a nerdy, geeky person that <laughs> reads a lot of uh, different sciencey stuff um, about my business. About what can I, you know, how do you formulate this? And I always, always try to study weird stuff like that, whether it be chemicals like sodium lauryl sulfur acetate or uh, cocamide propyl betaine or something, <laughs> you know, nerdy like that. Uh, I read a lot of the news too. And right now listening, of course, this wonderful podcast, where you landed and, <laughs> yes. and music wise, I've been listening to, to Tedeschi trucks lately. Nice. nice. Well, I just, uh, I'm flashing back to when you said there was only 12 books on soap making. I'd be curious <laughs> to know how many of those are and at what point are, you know, is that something you would ever be interested in doing would be writing a book? Yes. I have friends that have written books yeah. and, 
you know, that hasn't been that goal of mine yet. My kids keep me so busy with like tonight's jazz band concert in Kokomo and, you know, wrestling this weekend. And, you know, there's always something that pulls my time. But someday when I, you know, isn't the old soap making lady, then I, I might do that. <laughs> that. That could be a goal of mine. But I and I feel like books are kind of going by the wayside. YouTube University, you know, and quick learns. But there needs to be more science based books on soap making and caveman practices. I could, we could do <laughs> another the lady, podcast. You're just the lady for it. Someday yeah. on the history of soap making. And I can tell you how it all began. I can't wait. <laughs> cool pictures. <laughs> definitely. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for giving your time to us today and sharing your story on our podcast, where we landed. Uh, we drop a new episode every Thursday. Um, so make sure you like and subscribe so you get those notifications and know when we have a new show. But thank you so much. And we'll see you guys next week. Thanks for having me. Great see you next week. You, Today's podcast was engineered by Kyra Montero of Frequency Canvas.